This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm fabulous. We missed you last week. You were you were out and about with a cold. It's out and about with just I don't I think it's whatever is going around. My husband got sick, which made me so mad. I'm like, you can't get me sick. I'm so busy this week. I read over a hundred people last week, and they just eventually took out my voice. Oh my yeah. gosh! Wow! I'm finally getting it back. That's but, amazing. Yeah, but it was it was you know great experience. Met some really incredible people, and oh, that's and, cool. People have been sending in emails. We hope Jennifer's better. <laughs> uh, which is one you know lovely. Why not? You know, shouldn't wouldn't that, we, you that. See, that was very sweet. Oh, that was very sweet. Yeah. I love um, so I went to see a movie the other night. It's opening I love tonight. Love your haircut, by the way. Oh, th- thank you. I had my ears lowered, we used to say in grade school. Um, so I went to see this film the other day, and I, you know, I wasn't thinking about talking about it, but it just popped into my head. So it opens okay. up tonight. Yeah, it's called After Death is the name of this movie. And it's um Made by a filmmaker in Canada. I met the guy. Um, he, his brother-in-law passed away like seven years ago. And then he was kind of like just wondering like what, and he was so close to him. And he was like, what happened to him? You know, what happens? So he got into uh, near-death experiences. You know, the kind of stuff I've been researching with, you know, Dr. Grayson and people like that. So he, he made this uh, a proposal. Actually, he made a short film and then a proposal to Angel Studios, the guys who did that big successful movie, uh, The Sound of Freedom, I think it's called. Anyway, uh, and they went for it. And um, the next thing you know, he's made this documentary about the flip side. And, but what's amazing, but the amazing thing about the documentary is that it's it's in 20, over 2000 theaters, like the most theaters in the history of documentary filmmaking, because Angel Studios does the same of paying it forward, meaning, you know, they, they'll give you a free ticket to go see the movie, but they encourage people to buy tickets for other people because of the message of the film, which is life goes on. It's like, if you can imagine having a session with Jennifer for two hours, and during the course of that session, you go from, not that you're a skeptic, but you go from, well, maybe it's a possibility, and then to the point of, learning new things from your loved one on the flip side. And because people just, you know, they're reenactments of people's experience off planet. So it's a very, um, I recommend everybody go see it, if only because, it's funny, because one of the reviewers complained that it was a religious film, because this angel.com, they have released, you know, films that talk about religion. But what we've learned, is that you can't put that box around this research, which is because people say the same things, whether they're atheists or Christians or whatever denomination they're from, they say the same things about the afterlife. And and there's no particular religious system that we've ever heard where, you know, everybody over here is this or that or not. But, you know, we do hear conversations about heaven often, mostly. Mostly people talk about it as home, 
And, but we also hear conversations about God or there being a God or, you know, source. Sometimes we hear that word. And, and instead of trying to argue about it, you have to just allow when people have an experience, it's their experience. I need to send Freddie to this movie. You, you really do. And that's why they're making it free for anybody. I've been married to him for 22 years this year. He still doesn't know if there's an afterlife. I'm like, Right. Well, I really think you come away you come away from the film knowing that there's documented research that there are scientists out there who were skeptics, but after seeing the research, realized they couldn't deny the fact that people had experienced something that was right. outside their consciousness. So, at the very least, you come away from the film realizing that consciousness is not confined to the brain, yeah. and that there's a possibility your loved ones not only still exist but are in a better place. One thing I, I just want to mention, and it happened in the film, they have a quote in there that 23% of near-death experiences have a hellish experience. And the data is actually one to 3%. And so after the film, I went up to the guy and the director and I said, hey, where'd you get that stat? And they all pointed to one guy and I went over to him. He had written a book uh, and John Burke. And I said, John, where'd you get that you know, statistic. He said from the handbook of near-death experiences, which was written by my friend, Dr. Bruce Grayson, who wrote this book after, and in there, one to 3% are hellish experiences. I mean, literally the guy that he's quoting said the quote that I said, you see, so they got that wrong, but it also feels like that's what people want to hear. They want to hear that there's a hell out there. And so, you know, so don't, you know, ever from all my experiences of talking to, you know, I've given thousands, literally thousands and thousands of readings now, and a lot of them have been documented, and I make sure everybody records them, and, you know, a lot of yada yada. But how is, you know, just like Dr. Eben Alexander, it was a hellish experience at first. You know, he was talking about the sludge and going through the earth. You sure. Remember? That's right. Yeah. So that could be considered a hellish experience, but it might be heaven to somebody else. Like heaven is not heaven and hell from my, from what I have gathered is definitely a place of where you are when you pass. So if you like, if you're holding on to stuff or if you didn't want to die, or if you were scared, that's going to carry on until someone tells you until someone comes in and gives you a softer landing, but it's usually just temporary. That's true. And that's in the data as well, because Dr. Grayson talks about it, where even in that percentage of people that do have a hellish experience at first, it eventually turns into just what you were talking about, this more uh, beautiful experience. And it may be related to their state of mind or the fear that they thought they were going to have. And in the 200 cases that I filmed, two of them both times that they recalled a lifetime where they initially had a hellish experience after dying, when the hypnotherapist said, so why are we here? Both of them said, oh, when you asked me that question, it dissolved, it disappeared. Because oh. they had to realize that they had chosen to experience that. Right. It is very, you know, like today when I sent you, we texted a little bit more audience, but only about <laughs> once in a lifetime. I got a text from lifetime. I got a text message from a neurosurgeon who is one of the best 
there is. And he's he is right now um, at Harvard Law School at a um, at an event for two days. And he is just blown, blown away. He's so excited that he kept texting me like, you know, what they're doing. They're building, they're bridging the gap between spirituality. So tell it, what was the name of the um, the conference? I think you... Uh, yeah, anybody can Google it. Um, yeah, what's it called? Uh, one second, I'll have to look at my notes. Yeah, I'm looking at the note that you sent me. It's pretty amazing. Um, it's called, it's hms.harvard.edu. Right, but the conference he's at is... Oh, the conference he's at is Consciousness, Science, Spirituality, and Social Impact. Exactly. Very it's cool. Yeah, it's live or virtual in person, so my buddy's there. And I asked him if I could pass off the information to you. Um, he's like, yeah, of course. This is an event that's you know being held at Harvard. Yeah, and I did look it up. You could. It started yesterday, and it's today, and then uh, you can't sign on. Uh, you know, yeah, the conference. Yeah, it's pretty vast. It was very, you know, they talked about mediums and how mediums, by looking at a picture of a family, can detect how they passed better than AI. I was thrilled when he showed me that information. Yeah, let me And let's repeat that, which is the study, and I looked up those studies after that, after you, I saw them, um, it shows that a medium does a better job of predicting or, or not, not predicting, but commenting on how someone passed away, looking at a photograph, not knowing if they're alive or dead, uh, better than AI could uh, do the same. So <laughs> Jennifer raises her hand because <laughs> I win is what she usually says after that. I win. I win. Well, and you know, so when we're talking about data, we're talking, we're, go ahead. It's being talked about at Harvard is just a whole other, you know, that's stuff that it's just not, it's now mainstream. It has been for a long time that people are just waking up to it, I feel. Well, in the, then in that book, uh, Divine Counsels in the Afterlife, I had this Harvard uh, neuroscientist, Akira Wirasakara, PhD, and he okay. let me use his name, which was nice of him, but he's been studying filters on the brain. And that's why he reached out to me on Quora and he wanted to know what I had heard and learned from the flip side about filters on the brain, because it's like what he's studying. It's like, what is it? Why do some people not have filters like mediums or some children until the age of eight don't have filters? They recall previous lifetimes. They see people that aren't there. Or why do people just prior to passing, dementia patients especially, suddenly recall their memory just prior to passing? And it appears as if whatever the mechanism on the brain, those filters seem to dissipate, disappear, die, as Dr. Grayson put it. Anyway, yeah. so, all right, I've talked a little bit too much already about my journey, but let's go to our friend Luana on the flip side. It's, it's fascinating. And how I became, for, just real fast about my relationship with the Chal Singh, Dr. Chal Singh, is that his sister about seven years ago made an appointment for him. And said, so my brother's not going to want to talk to you. He just finished getting his, you know, PhD. you know, PhD from Stanford. Was that yeah, like you know, everything? And he's not going to want to talk to you. But I really feel like it helped him, like you've helped me. And she actually is like one of the main people at Uber. She runs Uber. But um, and so she made this appointment. He didn't say a word for like a half hour that I was talking to him. But I, be, but he took copious notes like he does. 
And everything that I said to him that was going to happen, even with having, even with who he's going to marry, what child, like they just had their first child that I always said they were going to have this little girl and where he was going to live for the next three years all took place. And he's like, yeah, that's not going to, he just was like, that's not going to happen. So he's like, you kind of destroyed my life, but opened it up all at the same time. (laughs) But I just couldn't wrap. It was too painful because my mom passed. And so there was no way that I could have known those things. And that really just catapulted him into this whole different arena. And he's just, we've stayed for, he's just, I mean, he's just been a dear friend. He invited me to the family wedding, which was only a few people. I was one of the only non-family members before they had the big wedding. You know, it was just very, and he's the one that introduced me to the guy that's in our class, Dreamweaver guy. I read him before. Ogananda. Yeah. Oh, Gary Wright. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So anyway. Well, listen, I think it's all fascinating. And maybe Luana wants us to talk more about that. But let's just ask our moderator on the flip side who helps us with our class, Luana Andrews, who passed away in 1996. Luana, the floor is yours. She says, we even find this fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) That's lovely. Which part? Who? She's like, even though we knew they would catch up, I'm like, which part? She goes, science. Science, yeah. Okay. She just brought me Tesla. Oh, Nick. She was between Tesla. She showed me, okay, Tesla, Albert Einstein. Um, I'm so sorry. What's his name? Uh, Stephen. The, the guy, the guy out of the wheelchair. I know Stephen Hawking, but then she's showing me a bunch of sites. Like, um, do those three guys want to talk to us? Are, is that Luana? Is that what you want to do? Engang is Kong. Kong, I think. Hold on. Everyone, I, everyone. Oh, that's interesting. Thank you. Everyone has had their place in how they have stirred up society in the way that they think. Like, for instance, you know, with. um, Absolutely. So whether it's not that you have to believe everything and try the best part of this is finding out on your own going. Thank you. Going out and like, that's the part where it just it's it's you get ravenous for information. I'm constantly listening to to podcasts about science. I'm constantly wanting to know more. You know, um, and she's saying that everybody has a part to play, whether you believe in it or not. Um, hold on. There was somebody that you wanted to talk to before you saw the movie, she's saying. Okay. Uh, is that? Oh, but- and Chuck, Chuck just came by. Hold on. Charles Grodin. Very good. Um, happy birthday to who? Is Sherry's birthday coming up or who's no, he's talking about the birthday to somebody on the other side, somebody who crossed over. It's a big birthday. Like they're oh. all celebrating. No, I mean, not a big birthday. Well, let's celebrating. ask him. I didn't want to assume. That's what I thought he was talking about. Chuck, who do you mean? Is it a woman or a man? Is it somebody on the planet or off the planet? Oh, there's one. Here. Oh, it's both people, both women and men. Hold on one second. No, both on the planet, off the planet. There's two. Hold on. 
There's something about an anniversary. I don't know. And I don't okay. know. All right. And you know, here's my point with stuff like that is Chuck, if it's a, if it's that important, you need us to know it, you'll tell Jennifer, but before we get past what Luana just threw into our lap, she it brought forward three scientists, Tesla, Edison, and Hawking, and Genghis Khan. I think that's what you said. Okay, we've never talked to him before. We've talked to those other three guys in backstage pass to the flip side, but can we put uh, GK down in the chair for a second? <laughs> Hold on. Is that okay? Does he want to talk to us? Yeah, I guess so. Wasn't he a bad guy? I mean, I don't know anything. Well, here's about the point. Him. Here's the point. By bringing those four people to to us, it's saying that everybody has their role to play. Whether they're good people or bad people, they choose a role that's a disruptor. These people are all disruptors in an unusual way. Uh, people can argue about what's good or bad, okay? And we can talk about how bad he was. But let's just ask him some simple questions. What was it like when you crossed over? Was there anyone there to greet you? Wow. Thank you. He's mentioning that it was hell, that it's almost like the Buddhist hell scrolls. He mentioned that. I don't, but not like I that. I understand. I understand. I understand. And, and, and mainly because his grandson named the Dalai Lama, the Dalai Lama, the ocean of wisdom comes from his family. But okay. so they, so his, the Mongolians were eventually all were Buddhists. He wasn't, I don't think so in his but lifetime, but when I don't he goes through those hellish scrolls, I understand because there's a people in the Buddhist uh, nomenclature talk about a hell realm. So please describe that. Were they, were they creatures? Were they, animals or what kind of demons or what were you seeing when you crossed over that made you say that all the people i killed or had killed all and and there were quite a few isn't that correct he's laughing <laughs> well that's not funny but okay he tried to show me he's like we can laugh now it's not politically incorrect. i understand i'm laughing too I, it's not something, we're not laughing. I mean, we're not taking away. Please don't send hate mail. Um, hold on. And he was laughing, not like that. Yeah, no, no. I, I listen, and let's just go. Let's clarify. He was greeted by all the people. So that was a hellacious experience being greeted by the people that he had murdered or killed in his lifetime, which were thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands. And he said. The biggest thing is because I felt their pain, either at the point of impact or what their family, the family members mourning for them. At some point, you know, okay, you got paranoid? At some point he couldn't even sleep because he was paranoid before he- Oh, before he passed away. All right, let me ask you, I'm going to ask you some basic questions. And what you, what you just said is reflected in the research that you have a near, that once you cross over, your council gives you a life review and you experience everyone's hell or what you caused for them firsthand. That's reported. But let me ask you, where did they bury your body? I mean, it's a simple question. It might sound ridiculous. In the ocean. 
in the ocean are you saying in a body of water is that correct water Ooh, hold on. <laughs> He's showy being like decapitated. I don't know if he was. I'm well just that being would make sense he was a warrior and they shown that I'm being shown him with the with it going through his chest, like a sword going through his chest, and then something. I I know I'm not thinking of somebody being decapitated. Sure. So, uh, and I'm, I apologize to the audience listening in because I just happen to know his story, but they don't, they don't know where his body's buried. And I was just curious, and is it, showed me the sea so i have go no into idea the sea. All right, let's not go further than that. that's all But, he did but showed me this the is, and so now him. you said his body that's interesting his body i think hold on his body's in the sea his head's somewhere else i feel And have you come back to the planet since then uh, as a person or portions of your conscious energy? many times Many times. And were you, did you suffer from, as a Like he's showing me coming back as a Buddhist monk, like oh, as several a monk, times. okay. And so you, uh, did you experience the opposite of what you had caused uh, in, in your journey? I mean, did you suffer? I'm, you know, I'm leading that question, but I mean, what were those experiences like? Were they all... Happy or were they tragic or what were they like? They were very painful because I still felt the pain So he sought out, thank you. He sought out being a Buddhist monk to get rid of his own pain, it feels like, because he was in so much pain still from his other lifetime, from that lifetime, it feels. From that lifetime, yeah. But yet he didn't know, or he, you know, um, hold on. He says he was killed over and over again like he killed others. And have, has anybody talked to you about this or have people conversed with you about this or interviewed you in the past? I feel like his family meeting with like an Oracle or somebody like me, you know, that's has Access a little. him. Okay. Is he aware that his genetic code is in so many people in Asia? It's like one out of every four people in Asia is related to him. I'm sorry. Sorry, he said, I'm sorry. Hopefully, he said, hopefully they take the strength <laughs> to withhold, to not use or abuse. Hopefully they have that strength. Hopefully they take the strength to not to use, but not abuse. Well said. What do you want to tell people who are listening in who can't believe that you still exist on the flip side? It's like, tell them I don't if they don't believe it. Okay, that's a great But answer. if I was there, I might have used my sword to make him believe it. But now. If you were here, you would teach them a lesson with your sword, but that's your now that's kind of dark humor, isn't that, Mr. Khan? Dark, a little bit, but not like he's just, it's different. He's gone through, it's like photosynthesis. He's showing me like you go through a lot, a lot of light to get to where To you're get at. to well let me ask you are do you have any emotional connection to mongolia still Very much. very much so well how is that how does that work how do people I've had to try to hold on. I'm like, you've had to try to repair the damage that you caused. He's like, it's much more complicated than what my little brain can gather. your little brain or his mine.
your but and and if we may and i appreciate the the ability to speak about this stuff he was trying to create a world for his people and so it just so happened that in doing so he you know the his people became incredible warriors and they went and they like slaughtered everybody who didn't obey them that's what happened in his name many famous people like that in our history and the planets he's not the only one um but so who do you hang out with on the flip side now if anybody wow he hangs out with the people that he destroyed and i'm like why and i'm like is that a punishment and he said no no it's to make me understand what my purpose was very profound answer and hard for people on the planet to really understand or comprehend. But it is mentioned in Plato's Republic. The three fates say to this character, don't judge people for the, the journey that they choose. Judge yourself for your own journey. But people that, can choose. But a different like, you could definitely judge me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I'm an open, because I'm literally an open book. Like I am that book that people can judge me. Okay, you, you do rep you do represent, even though you passed away in the 13th century, you do represent that sort of embodiment of evil. And for many people of a different era, you know, we talk about other people in our era within the past 100 years, 200 years. But in his case, his name struck fear in the hearts of men. Let's put it that way. If someone asked me to say his name, I wouldn't even know who they were talking about. So it's so fascinating. We have the weirdest podcast on the planet. So Luana, before I let these other three guys go, um, we've got uh, Nicola, we've got Stephen, and was it, who was the third? Was it Albert? Oh, and Albert Einstein. So Stephen said, he goes, he played his part by not believing in it. And having everybody research and going after like going after it that way. And like a lot of people, like, you know, when I said that my husband doesn't believe in it, it's not that he doesn't believe in the afterlife. He just doesn't believe that that it might look the same way, you know, because he doesn't see it. If I didn't physically see it, my son said to me, he's like, Don't you think you're just getting into that big like consciousness, like cool. mind and yeah. pull? I didn't physically see spirit, I probably would believe, but still to be able to extrapolate just the information that's right for the client in front of me, still kind of a little bit nutty, right? Yeah. Or to, just, but my point was when going back to um, Stephen and Hawking, hold on. I served a purpose in making people judge and think and and try to convince interesting i can understand that too and he's like look at what i had to go through you know do you think i'm gonna believe that there's a god with what way my body was with the way you know he's like um i just didn't think that i was created equally But your perspective has changed now, of course. Yeah, he just kind of laughed. He's like, <laughs> he just took off running. <laughs> and tough. so while Nikola Tesla's in the room, you were a disruptor in so many ways. 
quite a character. I know your story as well. <laughs> he's so funny. He's like, I wish I wouldn't have, I wouldn't drink. I didn't drink that much. I could have done a lot more. Tesla. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of, in terms of what's going on in your name, let's call it that. No, but in terms of anything that we talk about with radio waves, this is the guy who invented them. And, you know, anything electronic, remote control, all that stuff. He's the man who was in charge of it. Plus, they're still doing his experiments about uh, electricity and trying to get, you know, get electricity from outer space onto the planet. What do you think we should focus on, even in this he conversation? Me, he actually showed me that's a big gold mine, whatever that means. Well, electricity coming from outer space. It was his thing and, and was like ruined his career because... He pitched his ideas to uh, J.P. Morgan, who basically said, if I give away electricity for free, then I don't own oil wells. What's the point? And, and destroyed his labs. That's what the story, the way the story goes. But is that what you mean? That there's a gold mine in outer space through electricity? Yeah. And what's, what's our best way to access that, sir? <laughs> he keeps showing me me. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. well, hold on, hold on. Let's just allow that. Do you mean using people like, sorry? A medium. So using a medium to access how to create these. He's like, why not? You're talking to me right now. Why wouldn't you access, why wouldn't you get a bunch of scientists together? I'm like in a room and just see what we have to say. It's exactly what I wanted to do for and the best. And do a blind study. Like, you know, have the, you can even have the medium blind and not know any of the names and not know who's in there and just give a name or just give a point of reference. You know, he's shown me how I, how I remote view, which is very, how I do it. I go through a point of entry where I always go through the front door because that shows me north, south, east, west of where a body's going to be or where somebody's were to locate someone. And I always get, you know, from that point of reference, and he just showed me like a door in the sky, like from a certain point of reference, like above, you know, he said above Canada, then I can kind of navigate or whatever it is. Sure, I understand. And the idea is getting a like a dozen mediums like Jennifer. Maybe they know each other. Maybe they don't in a room. And, and we get them all and we get scientists to sit in a room and supply questions. And then goofballs like me who know how to just ask a simple question, like how do we fix climate change? Right. What, Mr. Nicola, what, what's your answer to that? How do we help climate change? Not going to say that. <laughs> Please do. It's an interpretation. You have to get your politics in order. Brilliant. Absolutely correct. And what about uh, Stephen Hawking? How do we affect climate change? You have to believe that you need it first. All, everything shows that you do, but there's enough people, there's enough of the consciousness that actually doesn't believe that. And I think we had Albert, right? Is that correct? Einstein was the third scientist. Thank you for showing up. We've spoken before. What's your opinion about this? Well, how do we affect climate change? It's like it's a mathematical equation. More trees equals more oxygen equals more people, <laughs> like more life sustainability. 
Excellent. And do you have any thoughts about what we've been doing? Like we had a conversation with you before. We talked about uh, a number of different things. Our own focus group up here monitoring this. Okay, I got a silly question for you. I know we asked you this question. It was related to Dr. Stevenson's uh, lock in his safe in his office. And, and we, I asked you what the relation with between you and the lock was, and you showed Jennifer E equals MC squared. And I just want to know in, in terms of the combination of this lock, he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Is it that what, what is the phrase that they should focus on to get the combination of that lock correct? So six words or six letters. Which would it be? You showed me pi. A constant. Is that what you mean? Something mc squared equals something with a third degree of a three. So, so mc equals, wait, what is it? Energy equals mc squared. Is that correct? But a three instead of a two? You show me something like around the earth. So I don't know if there's a circumference, like 360 degrees. I don't, you show me something that goes around the earth. Just give me a second. I know it's a weird question. You show me pi and then a, then a pi mc to the third, not to the second. I don't know. All right. We'll have to, we'll have to work on that. And I know we don't have you for long, but Luana, the person that showed up to me the other day was somebody named Margaret. Is that who you were referring to? Margaret. Margaret and her sister? It's somebody like somebody's sister. Somebody's sister. Okay. And I just want to clarify, my friend Margaret showed up the other day in a dream and I was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing here? I haven't seen you in 30 years. And then I looked up and the day that she passed was that day. So the so many years later, I mean, October 17th. So I'm having a dream and it was like she showed up on her birthday. You see, birthday on the flip side. Uh, that's, that's why I mentioned it. That's but, the happy birthday though, too. Yeah, I think so. That was here and that was there. They were trying to show me that before. So it's like your birthday is when you go back home. It's your birthday. You're back what? home. What's the name? Is it any correlation of the name of Chuck's oh, wife? Oh, sister. Hold on. I asked for Margaret and her friend, Helen. Is that who showed up? That's it. That's it. Okay, Helen, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. This is really important. Okay. I know you got to go. Helen, who greeted you when you crossed over? I feel like all her animals, she's saying. Okay, and Helen, I was in your house because Margaret used to own your house. And I signed your guest book with all these famous people. Would you show Jennifer some of the famous people who signed your guest book? Um, are there a bunch of artists that signed her? her bunch guest of artists, book? famous yeah. people, politicians? Politicians, she showed me. She was just showing me David Boy as a, as a reference. Um, as a reference of somebody famous. Yeah. Hold on. Noel Coward, it might've been. Anyway, he was more like you, David. You, was there a painting in there that you liked or something like that? There was a painting of her in her house that Margaret owned. So I'm, but Helen, here's the thing. Mark Twain was a good friend of yours. Did you, have you talked to Mark Twain? Have you been with him? It was more than just a friend, it felt like. So like, almost like a brother in a way. Um, well, I don't know, but have you guys been hanging out together on the flip side? 
Sometimes it gets boring after a while. <laughs> but what's, what's it like for you to be on the flip side to experience things that you didn't Never experience? Happened. Go ahead. It, what's Helen's last? Is it Helen, Helen? It's Helen and her last name is, do you know what it is? Helen, you want to tell her? To the blind Helen? That's correct. Helen okay. Keller. That's what she showed me. But she also, okay. I said, that's, you'll hear this. I said, is it the one that can't see? But she showed yes. me that see everything. It's amazing over there. So please just tell us what that was like, because you convinces the simplicity, even though her height, everything was so heightened. Talk about somebody with language! Wow. She goes, "It's so sad that people can see, but they're not awake." Wow, because Helen could not see, she could not hear, and she had could not speak, but she learned how to do those things because of oh. sign language. And Mark Twain considered her the most conscious person on the planet because she had proven that you don't have to be given these gifts. You can earn them. And so what's your opinion of our conversation here today, Helen? Um, it's never a dull moment. Even we're surprised. Very good. I just want the audience to know that two days ago when Margaret showed up, I knew that Margaret owned Helen Keller's house. And so I asked her in my dream when I was talking to her, are you friends with Helen? You hanging out with Helen? And so when Jennifer said there's two people here, like a sister, I knew who she was talking about. So let's thank Jennifer for her gifts. Thank you, Margaret Lindsay. Passed away in 1999, my good pal. Thank you, Helen Keller, who... Uh, whatever, I signed her guest book <laughs> somewhere out in the planet. And thank you, our scientists who stopped by, and as well as Genghis Khan, the one and only. Dude, what a thing. You're always welcome in our class. Just don't bring your hordes with you. It's funny. He just, he was very self-deprecating, like, just like, come on, look at what I did. You know, but he showed me, like, putting the, like, how you pass. When you see him, do you see a, a man or is it a light or what do you see? It's a like somebody that's wrapped in lots of clothing. Like I don't I don't know how to explain it. Like very hairy kind of I think yeah, and he did have he wore all those robes and all that stuff and hats and... He doesn't like that stuff now. He's very simplistic. But it, it's just funny. He has to show they show up that way. Cause again, I wasn't gonna get Genghis like that's just but I've never heard you say his name ever in your life. But you know, okay. maybe you did. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't and I just I don't know much about him other and, than you know, it's weird that I happen to know a lot about him. How goofy is that? It's always goofy, but it's never <laughs> All right, Jennifer. Thank you so much, dear. We love you and we're so glad to have you back on the air and we will catch you on the flip side. <laughs> This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Amazon Prime.